welcome to the Kryptonite Podcast. Yeah. I'm Mark Stores, and with me as always is... Quails and... Rob Morphy. Thank y'all so very much for joining us. Before we get started with this week's episode, which is going to be part two of the Cowman of Copalis Beach. Well, first off, Copalis. it's the Cowman. It's not men. Or is it men? I don't, I don't know. know. Is there it, more than one? There, there might be. There we'll are some see. theories Rob. that indicate maybe, so maybe you accidentally foreshadowed. Oh. But actually, you just read it incorrectly. Gotcha. Yeah. So before we get started with the Cowman episode, we're going to give a shout out to our buddy Noah Cappadocia. Indubadilly. Over at NC Leatherworks. He sent us some super awesome gifts. So fucking cool. It's unbelievable. We got these cool, um, they're hand stitched, hand, uh, hand stamped. Dyed, hand stamped. Completely handcrafted. <laughs> Leather. He wallet. murdered the cows himself in the night in front of their children. Oh, I God, might be did, making that part he? up. I, don't know. I mean, that's uh, that's a declaration right that, there. That was a little harder I than I meant. Yeah. Do you mail order sweet, fresh leather? Flesh. Flesh. Cow flesh. I mean, it's just leather. I don't we know. can't you can guarantee. Order. Listen, all we know is I don't leather. Think he did. We don't know if it's cow leather. Oh, I'm just saying. Like, did we get human leather wallets? I really <gasps> hope so. That'd be dope. Oh, no. First off, Slayer writing a song immediately. But. All right, all my fucking filthy aside. No, that's the deal. It is the coolest shit. We each got a wallet stamped yeah. and just manufactured to the tits. It's well, not even manufactured, like hand crafted to the tits. Yes, it is beautiful. And then we got these homemade coasters, coasters stamped with like our different logos on it, including yeah, totally. uh, you know the Batwing logo, the traditional, yep. Yep. Um, the, the international occult labor union. Yeah. union. Yeah, totally. And, and dude, Noah, it is fucking awesome. Like you, Chris and I did not know it was coming. Mark brought it on. And yeah, it was he didn't just tell like, us. It was like a day maker. It was the coolest yeah. shit. And we're all like bartering and looking back and forth. And we got our shit. And it's all precious. It's pretty now, dope. We're all fucking totally hanging out in case. Don't touch my precious. <laughs> yeah, no. Yeah, I know. Mark snuck his. He's like, you guys get to pick from this. I did what I want. And we're like, you fucking <laughs> I mean, asshole. You son of a bitch. It's because I got the wallet with the international occult labor. Uh, yeah, because you're a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> wow! But no, but like right. literally, I, like it's. Well, I'm, the, like, I'm the mail guy, so there you go. I'm a big Renfair nerd, and I'm like, if I saw this at a, like, if you were charging that, I mean, that that's just you would be paying some money for that shit. It so is, like, we have the best fucking that shit's unbelievable, man. Ever. Totally. And Noah, you specifically, thank you so much. Yeah, that's you're, the dope. You're murdering shit. horrible ways aside, what you do <laughs> as a craftsman is absolutely in fucking credible and all three of us are going to cherish what you gave us so thank you so fucking much yeah be sure to check noah's work out uh on instagram at nc leatherworks you can uh we, we, we follow him so you can find him through our account but check it out he's got awesome work thank you so very much noah uh also too we want to give a shout out to our buddy Derek hayes he just recently oh, got yeah. married yeah. congratulations Derek and Happy sarah nooks. congratulations again Derek and sarah on your marriage and i believe that they were i didn't see you like exactly where they were hunting mooning but they were like in Disney, like a Star Wars world, oh, oh, yeah. and I was like, "Dude, fuck, fuck yeah. that just makes sense." Awesome, a fucking, little slice of perfect. Yeah, to follow deal. your happy day. There you go. But perfect super congrats moon, so. and uh, many years of joy. And also, to be sure to check Derek's uh, podcast out, which most of our listeners listen to. It's Monsters Among yep. Us. Check that out. Eddie, Eddie Lloyd, our uh, our crypto den mom. Shouts to her as well too. Always, yeah, forever, so. the best. Totally. Uh, so yeah, this week we were talking the about the uh, the Cowman of Copalis Beach Part Two. Deuce, a we, rare two-parter, the second only that we've endeavored to do. True. And we've actually we're recording this in a completely different manner, which we had quite a long discussion about before we got we started did. with it. Well, because Chris and I are utterly unfamiliar with the two-part um, methodology, well, so I'm like, do we need to be? This week on Kryptonaut Island. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then, well, and then no, like, recap when, last when week. We did, a when we did Annabelle, recap. we did Annabelle in one 
no, when, when we released it. Yeah. Yes. And this is literally has been a week. So we're like, what happened? <laughs> yeah, basically, yeah. <laughs> what was the cow, man? Was it cow? What happened? Did people run? Did they fight? What happened? So, yeah. But I think it's going to come out fine. And, you know, our listeners can always give us feedback like, hey, I want more of a recap in the beginning or whatever. But, you know, we'll, we'll, we're going to do, we're just going to do this experiment. We're just going to as we goes. often do. There you go. Let's get started with following his son being chased down and attacked by a massive furry fiend in a field just outside of their remote and heavily forested Copalis Beach home. John, a husband and father of two, had two burdens weighing heavy on his mind. First and foremost, how could he protect his family from this monstrous threat? And second, how could he explain to them that the creature stalking their family was no mere animal, but something straight out of ancient lore? That's a difficult lore. thing to explain. So we're coming into this. We're, we're, we're in the heat of it. So, again, just the briefest of recap. Yeah. Um, JJ, his 12-year-old son, John is the father, uh, just got fucking manhandled by a Bigfoot-like beast. Right. Sent him flying 10 feet. John scoops him up. His uh, youngest son, Timmy, and his wife are waiting in the house. They manage to burst through the front door. They lock it behind him. He instructs his wife uh, to proceed to lock the rest of the doors and windows. He's about to call the cops. Changes his mind because he's like, fuck. Yeah. What do I say? And this is basically where we left off. All right. Here we go. Okay. Still panting, John ran through the house, locking every window and door commanding his family to stay indoors and to keep away from the windows. With what one must assume must have been great reluctance on the part of the boys, John and his wife finally managed to get them to go to bed around 10 p.m., which you have to assume for a four-year-old and maybe a 12-year-old is a little bit beyond their natural bedtime. Yeah. It was then that John and his wife settled down to watch the nightly news. Just as the tiniest sense of normalcy began to creep back into their home, the couple suddenly heard a loud moaning cry, not unlike the siren of a volunteer fire department. That's a quote. It would stretch out for a long time and then end with a whoop whoop sound. It was coming from the woods outside the house. So it was Juggalos? Oh, there you go. Over. Over. They yeah, were taken by Juggalos uh, in the 70s. Yeah. Early, well, mid-60s. They're mid-60s Juggalos. The earliest Juggalos. Yeah. All right. Okay. What, Dope. what some people have pointed out, and I think it's interesting to make note of, is that the whooping uh, phenomenon, which has been made so popular, I guess, in finding Bigfoot shows and other things like that, was not necessarily a commonly known Bigfoot research fact in the mid-60s. Yeah. Right? So maybe it lends a little bit of credibility. Maybe, who knows? So at the gathering, the yearly uh, gathering of the Juggalos, do you think with all the whooping and the whoops <laughs> and whatnot, maybe they're calling Sasquatch in? Well, I mean, if you're trying to build an army, I mean, they're, what, the fifth biggest gang in America or I'm some ridiculous possibly, shit? I'm not sure the numbers or whatnot. <laughs> but I did see that they, because of their makeup, they can uh, they can trick a uh, facial recognition, which is Yeah, so cool. I guess that's helpful, except so, that... Human faces can instantly recognize a juggalo in a crowd pretty quickly. So they're That's calling true. in Sasquatch. Yep. And then... Hatchets uh, and Sasquatch, I guess. Yeah. And Fago. Hatchets, Hatchets, Sasquatch, and Fago. Piles of Fago, yeah. Piles of Fago, wow. yeah. All right. The revolution begins today. <laughs> Solved. Solved. Pot Startled, over. John's wife gasped, what the hell is that? Bracing himself for the worst... John decided to come clean and answered, that's Tim's cowman. Oh, this is going to be an argument. Okay. This is, I'm married. This is an argument. It was then that John unleashed like a dam bursting, explaining to his increasingly horrified wife what he'd seen and what had happened. She insisted they call the sheriff immediately, but John, remembering his instincts from earlier that day, persuaded her that they would sound crazy. 
Nobody would believe that their son had been manhandled by a monster, and forever after they would be known as the crazy family that sees Bigfoot, and worse yet, their son would become the butt of innumerable jokes by his peers, and being 12 is already hard enough. But... Just to put this out yeah, there, his you know, son I, was fucking body checked by this creature. So well, he has to tell us allegedly. What, uh, so yeah, uh, the kid got body checked by what I think is possibly a Sasquatch and or well, a Juggalo. Well, he knows it's a bipedal right. man-like thing. But he has thing. to tell Ish. the wife. If I tell my most, kid that... Mostly that, bipedal. If I tell my wife that... Yeah, uh, you're right. It's, it runs we'll break this down eventually. If yeah. I'm like, yeah. hey, by the way, Charlie this, got but. body checked by a Sasquatch. Sorry, I didn't tell you about it. Like, that's that's going to be a... Yeah, it's an issue. That's a hurt. Maybe it's less of an issue in the mid-60s, depending on the show. Social dynamic. I'm not oh, saying I'm forgiving no, it, but it's, I see. Oh, it's I get many it. decades on now. Patriarchy, listen. right? The patriarchy? Is that what that is? The failing patriarchy, which I no longer support. <laughs> yes. Oh, okay. I'm okay. sorry. You're the one that got married so you could dominate a woman. That's why I stay <laughs> single and love and support the females that spend time with me. That's not the conversation we wow. had before the so pod. I'm just saying, you got dark <laughs> yeah. and I got darker. Stop subjugating your wife and fucking listen to my Bigfoot story. <laughs> Anyway, she's, anyway she's, getting a, a, she's getting a new car soon, so everything will be okay. Oh, you're buying her love. That makes it all the better. <laughs> Sugar daddy market. You, you have two CRVs now? <laughs> no, I'm getting a truck. So, A truck? Yeah. Wow. I'm, dis- I'm really disappointed. <laughs> continue. Fucking mark the cliche stores here. It's fucking going to continue with <laughs> this podcast. There you go. Silverado. It's actually F one fifty. I was actually looking at a Silverado because the, <laughs> the lease deals are pretty decent. Oh god damn! All right, I sorry, quit. I, 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 I quit. I quit the pod. <laughs> See, it's over. All this right. is why I just look at baby deer in the backyard. That's yeah, true. It makes right. me happy. Simple pleasures. Trucks make me sad. <laughs> like the rugged leader he'd always been, patriarchy. John, with what must assume was somewhat feigned confidence, told his wife that he would protect their family at all costs and handle the situation himself. She reluctantly agreed, but vowed that neither of her children were to step even one foot outside of their home until the hideous, hulking thing was gone. That's solid mom. That's solid mom. Well, that, it makes, the well, that makes yeah. sense. That's poltergeist. It's like, no, yep. let's do this. No, nope, fuck that. Well, poltergeist is a little different. She kept those kids close. Like the the eldest daughter no, got yeah, to that's, leave. That's true. But right. Bobby was around way too long. Like that kid yeah, he shouldn't was. have seen any of that. Yeah, sure. Just saying, not not but great momming there. But you gotta kind of you want to keep it close to you, even though there's danger there. Yeah. You don't want to be like, oh, just take. You don't know what yeah, the fuck's man, gonna coach happen. Coach was there taking care of shit. Yeah, but he wasn't even coach yet. He was just Mister Nelson oh, at that exactly. point. Exactly. He was a coach. Yeah. Come on, Raj. Well, I mean, he's always coached. He's puking me. worms. Great tea, yo. Yeah. <laughs> puking tequila worms. Yeah. That was part two. And yeah, that's what I'm saying. And that yeah, old it was preacher dope. singing through the screen door still might be one of the scariest things that's ever happened Peeling in the theater. His face off. Oh, oh, what a bag of scum. It would turn out that her faith in their home's ability to protect her and her beloved offspring was ill-advised. That's some four-fucking-shadowing there, guys. No. Yeah, no. No. Okay. Right on. The weird whooping wails went on, almost certainly sending chills down both their spines, when something, when sometime after midnight, the haunting howls abruptly ceased and the darkness outside fell silent once more. In a request that seems almost laughable, John told his wife to try and get some rest. He was going to stay up the remainder of the night, standing vigil over his home and loved ones, but as poet Robert Burns so sagely wrote, the best laid plans of mice and men often go awry. And after a long day of work and one of the most terrifying incidents of his life, John could feel the exhaustion creeping into his bones and was asleep within the hour. He fell within asleep a fucking on hour. See, this is 
It's this is like a, a, it's completely like a movie, and it's almost like a B movie. Like oh, all yeah. this shit happens, and now some like, but we need to sleep. And then I was like, I would not be able to no, fucking in, in sleep. Real life, not at all. If this fucking happened, be like, oh, but we got to go to bed. <laughs> like, yeah, no. Like, like a half hour later? Kid, I, kids, get up. Stay in the center of the room. 100% no agree. But what here's the, the thing. Fuck? I think a lot of what Chris is saying and a lot of the protocols of how modern parents, parents that would be our age and maybe younger would act, were formed not only, I guess, by our personal experiences, of course, but by our cinematic um, education. And so you got to think, somebody in the 50s, the dad rules the roost, and he tells kids when they go to bed and when they're grounded and when they get their allowance, and he wants normalcy. He wants shit just to go like mm. clockwork. There's some weird yeah, shit. No, I Fuck get, it. I get that. I don't care. So even though Chris is right, it plays like a bad B movie, I think it plays like a bad B movie because back then they were writing the script for it. And what this guy is trying to achieve is, you know, my wife needs a rest, the kids need the rest. I'm gonna I'm gonna guard everybody. It's gonna be fine. And like a typical daddy falls asleep it's within true. a fucking hour. Yeah. That's like me when I sit down and watch TV. I'm, I don't I'm know. fucking asleep. Like when you know the difference between when I was a kid at least, I knew the difference between when <clears throat> something was legitimately real with my parents, and they right. told they, I needed to do something, and I knew they were like legit. Oh yeah, something not was wrong. Around. Yeah, right. I was not having sleep. They're like, you gotta go to bed, and you knew the difference between if you saw a scary movie, be like, oh, don't, it's not yeah, real. Don't worry right. about it. Right, right, and yeah. like, some shit was real, yeah. dude. And I, I was not sleeping for days either way. Really, <laughs> I wow. still, still dark childhood. I, you know, I know. We both, yeah, we. Jesus Christ. Yeah, we both lived in the nuclear eighties. <laughs> it was a different time. Right, well, okay. Yeah, it was terrifying. But but I do remember a fucking very legitimate thing where a car, a police car with a fucking loudspeaker attached to the top, drove through our neighborhood uh, down the West End, announcing that there had been uh, a chemical leak. And that they were going to have to clear out the neighborhood. Oh wow! So when you hear that, especially in the you know early mid '80s and fucking, you're right. You're, right. you're terrified. So that was one of those times where my parents were like real serious. Like we got our shit together. We went fucking to an uncle's out of town. That's what I'm saying. You know, spent the night yeah, there, well. did some shit. So I understand what Chris is saying. When shit is real, it is real. But at this point, this guy. I mean, yeah, he just watched his fucking son, JJ, get fucking bear smashed yeah. by a fucking Sasquatch. But he's still probably thinking, I got my guns, I got my home, family needs to sleep, I'm on top of this shit. All Even right. though while they're watching right. fucking Johnny Carson, they're hearing the whoops and howls yeah, coming you're, from you're the forest. Yeah, you're hearing pitch black outside. Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, <laughs> Copalis like, Beach was probably not, like, electrified from street to street at this point. I mean, I don't know for a fact. I, I didn't, yeah, I don't but know But I mentioned it was but... a dark, secluded area. All right. John, who had fucking, as aforementioned, fallen asleep early, slept late that morning. It's likely he woke with a start expecting the worst, but his wife was lying next to him unharmed. He charged out of the bedroom to see his boys sitting in front of the television enjoying Saturday morning cartoons and felt a flood of relief. Saturday morning cartoons. Uh, okay. Everything's normal. The sun was shining, his family was safe, and as far as he knew, the night had been completely uneventful. This illusion would not last for long. When J.J. saw his disheveled father, the first thing he said was that the bear had come back last night. Remember, J.J. still thinks he was hit by a bear. Right. Tense, John asked him to elaborate, and his eldest said that he'd heard the creature rubbing up against the house, but had been too afraid to get out of bed to tell his parents, and he fell back asleep soon after. Oh, boy. It gets worse. That's when young Tim spoke up, saying, The cowman talks funny. 
John stopped cold, leaning down, and asked his four-year-old, when did you talk to the cow, man? <laughs> he simply replied, last night in my room. Oh, oh fuck. Oh, yeah. Get the fuck out of here. All right. All right. All right. <laughs> Get the fuck out of here. Get the fuck Tim, the fuck out. Yeah. Um, no more Scooby-Doo for you. You're getting grounded. I'm taking your Switch away, and there's no more V-Bucks ever. Fortnite's gone anyway. Yeah, yeah, all the Fortniters in parenting, fucking 65. Parenting 2019. Yeah, exactly. Shocked John came in closer, and almost not wanting to know the answer, he asked, the cowman was in your room? Tim shook his head. No, Daddy, he's too big for my room. He talked to my window. Oh, He man. turned back to the televised cartoons, but his father was adamant. What did the cowman say, Tim? He talks funny. I don't know what he said. He talks like this. Ooh, ah, ah, ooh. Tim then began making strange primate-like noises, his youthful self-assurance making him oblivious to the potential threat that he had faced. John, all too aware of the threat, started to break out in a cold sweat when he asked, Did the cowman try to get into your window? Tim smiled. He's too big for that. He made funny faces. He has Lincoln log teeth. Oh, Jesus. Lincoln logs. The indictment. John later learned that Tim meant it had square teeth that looked the same size as the small blocks in a Lincoln log set. So that makes sense. Sure. Rounded. No, yeah, yeah. Standard. The cowman apparently spent quite a while, quote unquote, talking and making faces at the boy before it eventually got drowsy and laid down and went to sleep outside the window where Tim could hear it snoring. Oh, man. Dreading what he might find with every step, John cautiously made his way to his youngest son's bedroom quietly pushed open the door and crept towards the window. He warily peeked outside and to his eternal relief was not confronted with the slumbering mass of filthy fur or worse yet a grimacing mouth full of Lincoln log chompers. John rushed back into the living room and told the kids to get dressed. They were going to go visit their uncle and Elma for the day. The boys did as they were told and John ushered them and his wife into their vehicle and watched to make sure they were safely away before beginning his plan of attack. Oh, this is when you send the fam this out and you get kids, your fucking kids the wife to See? say, go to Alma, yeah. yep. stay with Jed. Right. See, this is the next act of the fucking movie. You send exactly. him away, you, bu- you hunker down. Yeah. This is, this is where you, you get ready. Yeah. You get out your belt. You got your fucking two six shooters on. Belly you got your belt. fucking bandolero. You're a fucking, you're ready to go. You get got your pauldrons. You got your fucking, you got a couple of knives? Yeah, dude. Some dirks. Oh, your Walmart Come on, machete. this is a part of the movie where you're fucking suiting up. No, I know. It. It's yeah, a, totally. it's, oh, no. In an 80s movie, oh, totally. this is the montage. Yeah, this is where Ash clicks on the fucking hand. It's where the team starts putting the metal plates on the bumpers and fucking he turns his family truck into a fucking tank. On your chest mail with boobs. Oh, yeah. You got a Batman boob mail. Oh, I know. Always sticking out. chest, yeah. It's a vital spot. The moment his family was out of sight, John went back inside and called one of the men from his crew, an ex-state patrolman named Patrick, and asked him to come over right away. John knew his employee had been kicked off of the force due to his alcoholism. Yeah, that's a guy you can trust right there. Well, but he knew his way around weapons and was a good worker and never got drunk before (laughs) dark. 
No. So John sure they would have most of the day <laughs> sure he did. to search for the thing. Yeah, it's a kicked dubious a, call. It's like kicked he off knows guns, for, for alcohol, but he knows his weapons. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you guys could say that about me. You could be like, Mark's kind of a functional alcoholic, but if we got weapons questions, we could ask Mark. That's true. You, of the three of us, you are definitely our go-to weaponologist. Yeah, there you go. See, well, no, well, I, Chris, I, Chris is Chris is more into like the melee weapons. I'm more into like the actual shoot, shoot, bang, bang yeah. weapons. I, no, I like useless old school weapons. Yeah, yeah. yeah I'm not going to broadsword my way into a fucking Sasquatch bat. Yeah. saying Chris has I the melee blunt under swords and stars. Yeah. And I, I have, uh, I had like the rifles. And no, pistols. I do have a machete so, though. Yeah, I, and I have weapons. So there you go. We all got weapons. Absolutely. We all, we all, we all, but, you know but what? Do we have a drunken ex-cop that we can fucking rely? Yeah, you on? didn't get fired from something because uh, and think, I don't what, know. What does it take to get yet. fired <laughs> in the mid '60s when you're when you're a, a, a drunk cop? I mean. Half of the cops probably fucking had three beers on duty I mean, before if, they did their if patrol. If you're working second shift three to eleven and it's dark and you're like, it's time for me to get my fucking yeah, how, party How on? bad were yeah. you? You have to be fucking the fuck up. It's okay. Look at we all need a Patrick in our lives, <laughs> and I'm here to say I'm not sure I am your Patrick. Okay. You're better than my Patrick. <laughs> yeah, you're my Mark. Oh, thank you. Thank you, Rob. Patrick arrived, unsure of what his boss needed on his day off, and was even more perplexed when John opened his front door and asked him, point blank, are you up for some hunting? Not being hunting season, Patrick expressed no desire to go poaching, but John explained that deer were not going to be the target. He then went on to describe the previous day's events. That's got to be a tough moment. I don't even know where you begin yeah. with that. Yeah, but like, all right, let's start with, and then you go from fucking square one so all the way back. You almost have hit. to paint it like the picture, like how it's the hobo in the woods. He's he's fucking stalking my house, planning the robbery. I know what's going on, and oh wait, it's the eight foot tall ape man in the woods, yeah. and he fucking pounded my boy into the Dude, dirt. This is still a movie. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. He gets his fucking posse together now. His weapons expert. Yeah, exactly. It's just tech guy. He's fucking. <laughs> he's got like, his tech guy. Like he's getting I, all his experts. It again. would be great if it really like, ended up being a predator style <laughs> posse. Like oh, fucking everyone dude, from Shane totally, Black to yeah. Jesse the Body. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like, Carl Weathers, God bless yeah. him. But it does not go that far. All right. Unfortunately. Feels like it, Rob. Yeah, I, know. I didn't. Rob. I wish it did, Chris. I really do. I'll make it. Patrick. <laughs> <laughs> Patrick, accompanied by Carl Weathers. Patrick doubted that a wild man linebacker was running rampant on Copalis Beach, but he could see that John was sincere and looked genuinely concerned. Besides, when one's boss asked for a personal favor, it's a tough request to deny. So, with John armed with a bolt-action .30-06 pistol and Patrick with a .38 and John's 12-gauge, the pair began circumnavigating the house looking for any signs of the nocturnal visitor. They would not have to search for long. Near the rear of the house was a leaky spigot for the garden hose that had a perpetual mud puddle formed beneath its consistent drip. In the center of the wet dirt was a single human-shaped print that was at least 18 inches long and extremely wide. They found no other prints save for four parallel 8-inch lines that seemed to have been dug out of the mud with huge fingers. When John and Patrick rounded the corner of the house, they saw four muddy streaks, roughly seven feet high, spread above Tim's bedroom window. Well, that explains. So he just dug four fingers okay, worth of dirt and, and there's fucking like, made his fucking, I don't know, like, Mark, letting the, the other fucking, Sasquatch yeah. know, window's mine, yeah. contents therein. Shotgun. Squatch. Squatch graffiti. I call donkey he, on this he, bedroom. Yeah, I guess so. shotgun on the window? All right. 
The glass was neither cracked nor broken, just smeared with scores of the cowman's massive mud-covered fingerprints. So he's just feeling out the window, I guess. John then suggested that he and Patrick enter the woods, but before forging ahead, he decided to tend to the family's two young pigs. The pen was situated approximately 300 feet behind the house, tucked behind an old barn. So that's a little picture that we didn't actually have before. We had the house, the field, the fence, yeah, the 10 feet of this grass is in a the new woods. Development. So in the, the back the of the house, barn, right. some 200 and some odd feet away, is a big old dilapidated barn, and the pig pen is behind said barn. Okay. okay. Pig pen. Indeed. Pigs. The closer the men got to the barn, the more concerned John grew. It wasn't something he'd seen or heard. Rather, it was something he didn't hear. He knew that at the first scent of food, the pigs would usually be squealing like mad, but today there was only silence. Much to John's consternation, they rounded the corner to find the pen was completely empty. There were no signs of damage or struggle. The 40-pound pigs were simply gone. He and Patrick searched the barn, but they found nothing out of place. John knew that the cowman had taken his pigs, and he was absolutely convinced that if they weren't able to put an end to this thing's reign of terror right then and there, the next victims would likely be human. They stole the fucking pigs. Really? How, though? The baby pigs. Well, I mean, if they're 40-pound pigs, and this thing's eight foot tall yeah, and it's... four feet wide at the chest, he could easily lift one up in each hand and either hug a pig, Maybe? beat a pig, eat a pig. You just have like a pig pizza. There's like no like sign. It's just, you just quickly well, got grabbed no, it. There's yeah. no... He could scoop them and then do all the damage in the woods, in all fairness. Yeah, or he could just... Like, he didn't need to slaughter them there. You could probably... He could probably if it's hands know, that big, you could probably choke but it to I death. I just feel like if he was trying it. to get... Oh, in so you mean strangle the pig yeah. so there's not a lot of sound and then drag the carcasses. Taking yeah, a like, move from Jeff with the rabbits. Oh... There's a dichotomy here. I feel like when he... Is there a newsletter, though? <laughs> like a cryptid newsletter? Like, Jeff says, strangle first. <laughs> Cowman says, thumbs up. There you go. Anyway, Chris, I'm sorry. No, I mean, I mean, there's evidence of this things when it needs to get when it needs to get somewhere, it goes quadruped for no apparent reason. Super fast. <gasps> I know, it's right yeah. fucking there. Oh, but... super deer. I'm sorry. Um, Breaking down for a wildlife moment. <laughs> yeah, but that's Christ. in a part one. We'll have to break this down after, because I feel like there's... Okay. There's some questions here. Well, there's a lot of questions. But uh, creatures ambling uh, on two feet and then finding extra speed on four feet are not unheard of. Like, Yeah, but it's not common. Yeah, but it's it's completely common in gorillas, which are essentially quadrupedal. Yeah. Sure. Chimps can be bipedal, but also run really fast quadrupedally. In fact, if it's something that's more ape than human... The quadrupedal locomotion, to me, is something I can right. buy. But, but apes don't generally leap leap things either. Well, a big, a big so foot we'll, we'll break this is not down. a chimp or a... All right, yes, we are. <laughs> we'll table it. We'll table the goddamn yeah. physiology of, of primates. Yeah, I got questions here. All right, that's fair. No, that's, that's good, actually. <laughs> John led the increasingly anxious Patrick into the same game trail that he and JJ had used the day before. The hunters found prints, twisted branches, and other telltale signs that a large bipedal creature had been rummaging through the woods, but could find no trace of the cowman. By noon, the hungry and disheartened pair hiked back to the house for a bite. They spent the rest of the afternoon poking around the property, but found nothing out of the ordinary, and by the time John's wife and children returned home that evening, he and Patrick were perched on the porch, scanning the tree line with their weapons at the ready. Man, you come home and Dad's there with Patrick, who might have a drinking problem, and they're sitting on the porch with the weapons ready? They better have been drinking. 
Oh, because at this point you've got to be drinking. You're like, this is I, we're going to do this. I assure you. <laughs> here's here's some you know knowledge beforehand that I have. Patrick's been dipping, even though it wasn't mentioned that John was. It's one of those things where your pigs are gone. You go into the woods. You do the things you think you can do. Yeah. And when you can't, but you're still like your your manhood is frustrated. You're like, I didn't kill the beast that threatens my family. Yeah. So now I'm going to sit on the porch with my buddy, two guns, three technically. And we are going to drink because that is how <laughs> Until, a man deals with yeah, that. No, yeah, Until you we right this situation. Yes, this wrong this must be right. Exactly. John's wife asked if they found anything, and he told her about the footprint and the mud above the window. I'd like to think he told her about the pigs, but it doesn't mention that. Psst. By this point, Patrick was halfway through a pint of liquor. Oh, it doesn't specify getting, what. I, like think, I think Patrick's a whiskey man, but he could be a gin boy. You never know. You it don't, could be a straight vodka lover. Could be vodka, right. But yeah. in the 60s, the Cold War was running hot, so maybe he's Slavic. guiding the Slavic. Uh, we just <laughs> yeah. don't know what Patrick was drinking. And I'm not going to assume because it's an Irish name that it's whiskey. Right. But I'm assuming because it's an Irish name, right. it's whiskey. Okay. There just saying. So, yeah. So, you know, halfway through a pint of liqueur. So John, not eager to have a hair trigger drunk near his family, suggested <laughs> they call it a night. Patrick agreed and took off as John continued his porch front vigil. As luck would have it, the moon that night turned out to be full. John was grateful for the ability to see greater distances, but silently rued the fact that the extra light just made the forest's inky Rorschach-like blots of shadows seem all the more sinister. After a bit, John's wife brought out some food, a Coleman lantern, and a flashlight. She's a good lady. There you go. Hoping to put her at ease, he told her he would stay outside and watch the house through the night. But before she and her sons went to sleep, John and his wife pushed their king-sized bed as far from the bedroom windows as possible. So he goes back inside, and they're like, just into the corner. King-sized bed. Yeah. Yeah. window. Yeah. Makes sense. <clears throat> it was agreed that his wife and kids would employ a safety and numbers strategy, and they would all sleep in the same bed, while John would keep watch outside. Perhaps it was John's inability to remain awake during his last stint on guard duty, or maybe she just wanted the means to protect her kids as well, but the mother bear insisted on keeping a shotgun in the room with them. It's a good idea. John, knowing full well that she was as accustomed to firearm usage as he, agreed, but made her promise as to ask for a name before shooting anything, adding, if it replies John... Please don't shoot it. Oh, uh, he's lucky that she it's didn't shoot Christ, him right really? there. Yeah. <laughs> what the fuck? That's some, that's but some I, condescension. But I let these, like, my wife, she knows her way around a gun. She's a good woman. Marry that woman right there. A woman knows her way around a gun? That's your woman. Absolutely. After that's, making... that's I have a advice for you both. Oh, oh, oh sorry. Yeah, I'm that, sorry. Is that, should that be yeah. number one? Like, intellectual uh, compatibility? <laughs> yeah, no, no. Sense of yeah. humor. Weapons expert. Yeah, totally. Yeah, you know. <laughs> okay, no, I'll remember that. I'll remember that. That's your woman. Thanks, Mark. All right. After you got it. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> After making sure his family was safe, John resumed his post on the front porch and began to wait out the dawn. The father of two strained to hear beyond the wall of noise made by the chirping crickets and croaking frogs. His flashlight danced from shadow to shadow. Each time a leaf rustled in the wind, he became more convinced that it was a ravenous wild man. It's all right. You're just, it's going to get to your head. Well, sure. You're alone on a porch. Totally. It's scary. I get it. Verging on a panic attack, John finally decided to get up and light a cigarette, hoping that the nicotine would help soothe his frayed nerves. He smoked and paced the porch, and that's when something strange about the darkened barn caught his eye. 
The front door that was supposed to be closed on the structure was wide open, the moonlight casting deep shadows in the yawning chasm. Or chasm, as we like to say. It's, a, it's a chasm, but Ch- you, can, you, can, you can just not accept my words. I, you know, I'll just, maybe I'll go with, I don't know. Yeah, we're going to not accept your words. Traditional okay, English. fine. <laughs> Whatever. I hope you guys don't marry weapons experts there. Wow, that? that's harsh. Why did you yeah. go there? Because maybe you'll find a woman that isn't a weapons Do expert. Do you have a weapons expert? For a wife? Yeah. No. You do I'm not. just going to say no. Right yeah, now. no. I mean, we don't totally even think know about it. it. You're looking around like, <laughs> maybe no. is she? I, I'm like, no, she's not. <laughs> I believe this is called being hoisted on your own petard. Oh, oh well played, I hoisted sir. myself. There yes, you, you go. Did. You did. <laughs> As he stared into the Stygian blackness, something else struck a chord. Suddenly, John realized that the sounds of nature that had been so overwhelming were now completely absent. He began to walk back to his chair when suddenly he caught sight of what looked like two burning cold red eyes in the darkness about eight feet off the ground. Mm. This is within the actual structure, right, of the right. chasm of the, the, the barn, if you will. With his heart thudding in his chest, John slowly backed up to the chair and eyes never leaving the hovering red orbs, picked up his 30-06 and walked to the end of the porch. Finally, the seemingly self-illuminated eyes blinked out john stared unsure of what to do next he picked up the flashlight but its beam was too feeble to cover the distance between the house and the barn not wanting to leave the relative safety of his porch john finally resolved to commit to his duties as a husband and a father and finally put an end to the entity that was seemingly obsessed with his family in particular, his youngest and most vulnerable son, who was too naive to understand the threat posed by this mammoth, man-like monstrosity. This is where we take a fucking stand. Whoa. It's a stand. This is a stand. This is like the third stand we think John's yeah, going to yeah, take. No, okay. this this is, yeah, this is different. You know what? He's got it's, a, it's like the Karate Kid level. He's got a 30 like, at 6 now. you got to lose different. a couple fights before you, you win a fight. Do you show up with your pistol? John Wrong. stubbed out his butt, braced himself, and began the slow walk across his moonlit yard toward the ramp shackle barn where whatever waited within as each step drew him inexorably closer to his date with the unknown john strained to see any hint of the red eyes and the nietzschean abyss of the open doorway the nietzschean abyss and you know what happens wow. when you stare in a nietzschean abyss it stares back at you believe it <sighs> or is once you stare into a nietzschean abyss does it just become a chasm well, it starts off as a chasm. Okay, then oh, it's an eating the best. Okay, but so, when so, you know uh, something's in there and right. you get that sense that it's staring yeah, back, then you're like, "Oh my god, this chasm!" A Nietzsche and a All right, yeah, cool. Does it ever get Marxist? <laughs> <laughs> is it a Marxist the best eventually? All right, point. we go Tolstoy eventually. When he was less than twenty feet away, John's flashlight was finally able to illuminate the decrepit tractor and the old broken-down pickup truck that were parked between the rickety boxes. He couldn't help but to think how many places there were for something to hide, even something that was huge. Yeah. John stepped into the entrance, training the flashlight beam down the barrel of his rifle. He scanned all the corners and under the vehicles, then stepped inside the barn, his every sense laboring for the tiniest sound or hint of movement. John made his way around the pickup, fully expecting a huge hairy arm to reach out and grab him at any second, but nothing happened. Relieved, the father turned to exit the building when he heard the floorboards creak in the hayloft above him as if something heavy had just shifted its weight. You don't check the fucking hayloft. Seriously. Well, if Friday, maybe, maybe, maybe if Friday the 13th yeah. has taught us anything is that Jason's always in the hayloft. Yeah. 
Of yeah. course he's not hiding behind Even the truck. Even when it's Roy. The Roy's obvious, in the fucking oh, hayloft. Yeah. No, no, that didn't, yeah, that doesn't come out. That didn't I'm canonical. Totally, can, totally, to, total canon. It's EU. Fuck that. It's not EU. It's, it's fucking EU. It's, it's F13 EU. Yeah. That's Whatever. the code. Hashtag F13 that EU. That is fine. Earth 63. <laughs> <laughs> Jason Borges, a.k.a. Roy. Fine. He's in this goddamn barn. He's waiting for the shit to pop out. It really is a slasher film from the 80s. It, now it is, the, yeah. The, the easy pops don't happen, and then suddenly... And it's not even just, you know, you hear the creak in the hayloft above. You imagine that little filter of, yeah, like, hay-like yeah, dust comes absolutely. down, and it's illuminated. I mean, Jesus. Yeah. It's it's an episode of the X-Files. It completely is. It's, it's amazing. John froze in his tracks, his heart hammering in his chest. He convinced himself that the moment he attempted to leave the barn, the cowman would pounce down on him from the loft and tear him limb from limb. It had set a trap, and he had fallen right into it. Then, before he could figure out his next move, the thunderous roar of a shotgun blast exploded from the direction of his house, followed immediately by the sounds of his wife shrieking in terror. Boy, that puts a new patina what on the, the moment. Fu- yeah, what the fuck? He's out there. He's out in the barn. He's doing his thing. And then suddenly, bam, shriek. And a scream, yeah. Horror. She's got a six. She's good to go. There you go. Uh, well, pss- you might have too you, much faith. You've been wrong in this story the whole time. <laughs> I've come close. The sound of his wife in peril snapped John out of his fear-induced paralysis, and he dashed out of the barn toward the house. Cursing himself under his breath, John couldn't help but to think that he had been right about the trap but wrong about its purpose. He hadn't been lured into an ambush. He had been lured away from his family. Mm. All he could do was pray that he would not be too late to save them. Pray See, and run. I told you, the whole time, he, he sets up a thing, and you think he's going to do one thing, and then it does another. I'm saying he, but I'm saying yeah, I should say it. Okay. It's right. a pretty crafty creature. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Or, as Mark faux earlier, is it creatures? Oh. Oh, multiple. A tandem attack. We don't know yet. We'll break it down. As he raced toward his darkened home, John heard a subhuman roar rip through the silence of the night. The sound, which was an unnerving combination of rage and anguish, had come up from behind the house where his wife and kids had been sleeping. He feared the worst. John heard another hideous screech, followed by the deafening crack of branches breaking as the thing, whatever it was, plowed back into the forest. John scrambled up the porch steps, rammed his shoulder into the front door, and went sprawling into the living room. John immediately regained his footing and ran down the hall to the master bedroom, terrified of what he might find. As he burst into the room, his wife swung the shotgun in his direction. John yelled and hit the deck, <laughs> but a blast never came. Well, good. She's got, she's, she's got good trigger control. I mean, I understand you're terrified. You heard the shriek, the shot. You want to see if your family's okay, but you know your wife has a shotgun and clearly has already used it once. Yeah. Knock! Fucking knock! I don't know, man. He could have lost his fucking face. This is warfare, dude. Wow. Anything goes. Wow. Jeez. Well, Safety's out the window. Fair enough. <laughs> when he looked up, he saw his family huddled together on the bed, sobbing, understandably. One of the windows had been blown out. His wife was still pointing the shotgun at the jagged opening while holding her children with the other arm. What happened, John probed, but she couldn't answer. Tim tearfully shook his head and kept asking, Why did you shoot the cow man, Mommy? Oh, Why? man, this kid needs to be told See? what the fuck is up. He doesn't understand cow men are dangerous. Stop coddling your kid. Tell him the truth. Maybe wow. the kid knows yeah. the real truth, and they don't know, and oh. it's trying to do something that they don't know what it's Out trying to box, do. Out of the box, Chris, delivering some potential truth. See? Okay. 
All right. Well, I'm the not fuck? Here, I'm not here. Baby to... Boomer Dad again. Oh, Jesus. I know it's been a long Is it American? <laughs> Shoot it. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah. All right. Whoa. Amerisquatch. <laughs> I'm like, I know, I'm staring at him like, <laughs> same ID. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. Oh, John <laughs> went to the bed. <laughs> gently pulled the shotgun out of his wife's white knuckled grip and held his family close. That's what you do when you think you lost your family and you didn't. You hold them close. He wanted to comfort them, but he also knew that the danger was far from over. When the sobbing had subsided just a bit, he told them to get up and follow him. John led the way down the corridor, half expecting the cowman to pop up from every half open door. Can you imagine? You know, you That's got your 30-06, yeah. you got your rifle. I can see it. There's the hallway. And, you, and, yeah. and it's like a bad horror it. film. It like That's what I'm saying. Like, I can see it. I can see and, it. And it's just like a horror Get show. Yeah. The front door still hung open the way John had left it when he charged in. He cautiously approached the entranceway and peeked outside. There was no sign of the thing, save for the horrendous stench that lingered in the air. John then told them that they were going to run for the car as quickly as possible. The kids dashed out in their pajamas and piled into the car, their parents hot on their heels. John hopped behind the wheel, and mercifully, the vehicle started on the first try. The first non-horror film trope that we've encountered so far. Yeah. Within seconds, Dad hammered on the gas and was peeling away from their Copalis Beach home and the horrible thing that had claimed their property and his family as its own. Three of the four of them would never return to the house again. Oh, wow. When the kids finally managed to drift off to sleep in the back seat, John's wife told him what had happened in hushed tones. Her haunted features reflected under the ominous glow of the dashboard lights. This is what she said. After a few hours of fearfully staring out the windows, she had finally managed to doze off, but was awoken by a bizarre series of clicking and chirping sounds. Trying to comprehend what she was hearing, her eyes popped open when she heard the voice of her son Tim talking back to whatever it was. She put her hand next to her and felt JJ, but felt no trace of Tim. Her eyes strained to adjust to the darkness of the room when she saw her youngest son standing in front of one of the windows. The moonlight was shining through both windows, illuminating the room, but there was a hulking, tree-like shadow obscuring the window in front of Tim. Knowing full well that there were no trees close enough to cast a shadow, Tim's mom whispered for him to get away from the window. Tim, totally unaware of the potential danger, ignored her command and pointed excitedly at the dark figure in the window, exclaiming, Mommy, listen, the cowman can sound like a bird. Oh, this fucking kid. Bullshit. God damn it. This fucking kid is going to be the death of all Seriously, of us. Seriously, he's stressing me Tim, out. it's dangerous, god damn it. Yeah, get the fuck away from the window, Tim. Timmy, get away from the window, she hissed again through clenched teeth. But right after she spoke, the noises from outside changed. It went from a soft chirping to a strange, simian-like gibbering, peppered with human-like syllables and the occasional pig-like snort. That's... Yeah, I know. The, the monkey Look, it's not even a thing. garble pig. Yeah. yeah, really. But you know what? It's not a thing. But if you guys ever heard like what is supposed to be legitimate audio yeah, recordings, the, yeah. it sounds a fuck all like it does. Yes. Human gibbering, yeah. primate, like I don't know, like calls and pig grunts. Some of the some of the audio is pretty decent, but it's oh, a little, I'm skeptical. It, it's a little skeptical. Nearly all it's of it. It's a little bit. But scapped. what I'm saying is, assuming again, and we are assuming okay. that this is a bona fide case from the mid '60s. 
this is something that came out long before. It's almost like saying somebody talked about having an abduction before Betty and Barney. Right, right, right. Sure. We have to entertain the notion that it might not be true eventually, but assuming it is, that's pretty crazy. At this point, J.J. woke up and rather loudly said, What is that? Perhaps it was surprised or simply did not care for the sound of a masculine voice. But for whatever reason, the thing reacted violently to the sound of J.J.'s query and slammed its fist into the side of the house hard enough to make the walls tremble. J.J. squealed in fright, but the ever-courageous or foolhardy Tim shouted back at his big brother, Quiet, you're going to scare him away! Oh my god, this fucking kid. I know. At this point, the boy's mother meant business. She slowly reached up to the headboard, retrieved the shotgun, and yelled at Tim to get away from the window right now. Tim remained in place, smiling up at the colossal silhouette of the cowman. John's wife carefully slid out of bed, trying not to make any sudden movement, as she reached out to pull her son back from the window. It was then that the beast bent down and looked directly through the window at her with its horrible red eyes. That's a fucking shock moment. Okay. Just boom. Red eyes. What's up, motherfucker? Yeah, face to face. The terrified mother shrieked, raised the shotgun, and started to yank Tim back when there was a sudden explosion of glass and the cowman lunged forward, smashing its gargantuan arm through the window pane, grasping for her son. Oh, shoot this motherfucker down yeah. sight. Yeah, we gotta, at this point. She screamed again and fired just over Tim's head. Oh, man. Do she fired, fired See? past the remember, kid? Remember part wow. one? We're like, Dad, we like, you can't take the shot because you want to hit the kid. No fuck given here. No. She's like, no. Moms are different. But she's yeah. put in a situation. The arms come. I'm not right. saying it was a good situation. Rage. I'm not saying it was a good decision. You should right. never shoot past a human being, obviously. But if it's between that and the inevitable grabbing of your son, you gotta fucking, to I either mean, be torn limb from limb or maybe to be raised by Sasquatch kind, we don't know you, what the answer is. Just make your kid deaf and or scared shitless for the rest of well, his life. Don't know. You mean, don't know. He's deaf. You're he's literally going to go deaf. You're, and he's gonna definitely going to need a haircut. <laughs> yeah. At the very least. His head's going to smell like fucking gunpowder. Oh, God. It's going to be bad. Uh, GSR. GSR. <laughs> so... She fired just over Tim's head, blowing the rest of the window back out and hitting the creature with double-op buckshot. The burly beast jerked backwards out of the window and vanished into the dark, bellowing in pain. It was the sound that had so frightened John just moments earlier. As she relived those terrifying moments when her son's life was in jeopardy, John's wife began to break down again, sobbing. It was trying to get Tim. It was trying to grab my baby. John did his best to comfort her as he drove the rest of the way to his brother's house. The family was welcomed and the children put to bed, but when John tried to confide in his sibling about what had happened, he could tell he was having a hard time believing it. Believe your fucking brother. Well, Why would he lie about this? I mean, unless he's got a history of some shady shit. Which yeah. You ever met my brother? Know. I met your brother. Exactly. Would you believe him? If he came, all startled he's up. He's never said anything like that to me. <laughs> exactly. And said, I was, but what if all of a sudden he did? Then I would believe him. He bought a new house recently. What if there's ghosts? I question right. him. I would question but... that. Because sometimes that's just leaky pipes yeah. no, or I just settling. Some of his friends listen and I like to break his balls. So what's up, Dave? But honestly, if Dave came to me with a fucking terror Sasquatch report, I would fucking definitely I give would him definitely the ask of the doubt. questions. To my brother's, uh, you know, uh, credit here, he'd probably... He's a jiu-jitsu fucking guy. So yeah. yeah, but you can't fucking shit out kung fu an eight-foot-tall, four-foot-wide living what? air tank. You can try. It's Dave. You he, can try, I think, but you will I think, fail. I think Maybe he, not. You ever seen him? 
Listen, he's a badass. Same. I love Same. Dave. Dave, I, I don't even know if you listen. If you are listening, you know, with all deference to your sweet kung fu skills and your other sundry abilities, but fuck. Yeah. You're fucked against this foe. All right, well. Maybe, maybe not. What happens? Ivan Drago. Paulo Creed was a great boxer once. That's all I say. Yeah, but he wasn't ready. Dave's ready. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to trade Dave for the We're inevitable Sasquatch Dave. battle? Yeah. Dude, you're going to fight Jose Canseco and fucking Dave's going to jujitsu Sasquatch. I'm going to probably see him tomorrow. They have open mat. I'm going to see. I'm going to be like, dude. Be like, dude, you ready for the Sasquatch shit? Yeah, be like, this is what's happening. Mark said this. <laughs> Mark's got yeah. to yeah. yeah. Sasquatch. Yeah, this, you got to train for it. He's, I think he can do it. He can. All right. Nevertheless. All right. The brother agreed to accompany John back to the house the next morning to get the lay of the land. When they arrived, the house looked as if a hurricane had ripped through it. The heavy couch was flipped over, and their 200-pound council TV had apparently been thrown across the room and was laying in a spray of broken glass. Clumps of long-matted hair and a putrid wild animal aroma clung to the walls. That's a party of evidence. Damn you, the 60s. Yeah, yeah, really yeah, this is like everything that anyone's of ever course, looked of course, for. Yeah. This is the dream. Yes, yeah, This is the forensic there's fucking dream. Hair samples. I, know, I know. It probably shit in the house somewhere. Oh, my God. It probably jizzed in the fridge. Shit. Yeah, I know. It left notes. It fucking <laughs> like. <laughs> a family handwriting samples. Yeah, it's yeah, just pictures yeah. of itself. Like, oh, look at me. Well, yeah, it's Polaroids. Yeah, it's the go. mid-60s. Of course they had swingers Polaroids in the fucking yeah. bedroom. That's what I'm saying. Snippity snap. And where are we left? With nothing. Fine. Nothing. Convenient. Yeah. <laughs> Awfully convenient. I know. The kitchen was ruined. I'm continuing with the damage now. The refrigerator knocked over and food everywhere. The doors to both the boys' rooms had been left closed, and the rooms, therefore, were untouched. So I guess it doesn't know how to use a knob, but that's... That's neither here nor there. How to be a Same Sasquatch. as the bathroom. The master bedroom, however, was torn apart. The pillows ripped up, feathers everywhere. The dresser was knocked over, and a large mirror smashed. That's seven fucking Sasquatch bad luck years. John's stunned brother surveyed the decimation and said, You better call the police. John looked at him and replied despairingly, And tell them what? Bigfoot destroyed my house? The brothers then drove to the Aberdeen Mill, where John explained the situation to his boss. Now, those who might be recalling from last week's pod might remember that this all started with John going to his boss at the mill to say, something destroyed my house. Right. Okay, yeah. And so right. we're just bringing the shit full circle. All right. When he finished his tale, his boss simply replied, well, let's go have a look then. That's that's a proper old skeptical fellow. Okay. Trying to get in there. Maybe he just doesn't believe him or whatever, but all right, it's fine. The trio drove back to the house where Mr. Baker pointed out cracks in the ceiling where the massive monster had apparently stood up and hit its head. John's employer quickly realized that something beyond the pale had transpired in his foreman's home. This was not the case of a wild animal rampage or human vandalism. This was something else altogether. When Mr. Baker suggested they hunt the creature, John told his boss that he and his family could no longer live in that house. Even if the beast was gone, they would always be afraid. That's legit. That house is fucking I get that. Yeah, yeah. You, you can't stay that, You know what? Zelda Rubenstein goes in that house. She's going to be like, yeah, even, even, if, even, <laughs> even if that house lasted the black hole that yeah, got sucked really. into, you're, you're not yeah, going back no. to that no, fucking probably. house. Yeah. If they paved everything around there and made like 15 strip malls, you forget Fuck that it. house. Yeah. Fuck that house forever. There's a five guys there. I might consider it, but you'd visit. You'd go you there to eat the five guys. You wouldn't, you wouldn't spend the night in the goddamn house. It's true. Much like the Lutz family of Amityville infamy, mm. John and his brood didn't even want to go back long enough to collect their clothes and personal possessions. 
when John's homeowner insurance, this is where shit gets dark and bureaucratic, wouldn't cover the damages as the adjuster claimed it must have been John that caused the destruction in a drunken rage. That was one of my theories. Yeah, well, okay. well, yeah, I mean, but the eight foot tall ceiling cracks, what's he like jamming brooms up and all right, you, know you don't have that. We, you can't we don't prove know against that because we, we don't know what kind of man John was. Okay. Maybe he was a decent, God-fearing foreman. Maybe he had some demons he was wrestling with. We'll save it for the end. Mr. Baker, knowing full well that this was not the case, helped him to find a place in Aberdeen and gave John a loan for new furniture. John and his employer remained close until the mid-80s when John and his family finally moved out of state. So he maintained a relationship with the guy for another two decades yeah. and was still one of his foremen. So at least there must have been faith there. The only reason this harrowing account has been passed on is because Shannon D. Baker, the son of the mill owner, whose first name was never given, heard rumors that some terrifying thing had happened up in Copalis Beach when he was a kid hanging around his father's mill. But the older guys had refused to tell him what had happened on strict orders from his father, who did not want his son growing up to be frightened of forests and what might dwell therein. Kind of have a reason to be, though. Yeah. You really? Think, you know, I mean, you know, knowledge is saying, power. Yeah. Safety first. Army Shannon children. claimed that the employees who remembered the story were genuinely afraid of what had happened, but even more afraid of disobeying their boss's orders. However, when he got older, Shannon finally convinced his father to reveal the now legendary story of the Copalis Beach Cowman. After regaling his son, he still felt that John and his family had had a real encounter with the monstrous unknown and that his former foreman had not fabricated the story for fun or profit, claiming that he and his family remained haunted by the experience until the, well, until at least the last day they saw each other. So that is, it's pretty long, but perhaps one of the freakiest Sasquatch attack stories on the books. At least ones that didn't result in mm. actual death. Yeah, no, this thing is clearly stalking this family with obviously a, a keen interest for the kids, which is, you know, kind of weird so this isn't like one of those times where somebody sees a sasquatch whatever when they're driving down the road or they're out hiking or they're on their horses going through some creek bed this is actually like an attack no this is a long absolutely drawn story. out yeah well, well like, it's, it's actually it's actually in between which is interesting i mean there are some people that claim like they feed sasquatch from the you know back of their trailer and and have conversations with them and i'm, I'm not judging it i i don't really know much about those cases for like years on end but this is just a long hellish weekend yeah yeah, and yeah that's really what, I mean. what it it's is it's not just a one-on-one -on -one encounter on Friday night, it's just like in a, just yeah it's like a, a stalking or like a total incursion so yeah oh absolutely which is interesting but there's a lot of different like theories that have been espoused about this one of them <sighs> is that um and we talked about this earlier that it might have been two creatures working in tandem one in the barn that was trying to draw him away from the family so the other one could actually oh yeah break through no, the window. That, that was the deal yeah or maybe also um one that was leading the dad away so that another one could break could through and, and, you know, ransack the son. Body check the kid, yeah. Yeah, I guess. And, and it's possible. Right, it, but, it but it should be noted that um, John himself, when asked these questions, um, tended to think that it was just one creature. Sure. Right. And that maybe he had misheard whatever was in the loft. Maybe it was a raccoon or raccoon or whatever the fuck it might be. So, uh, so... It's mostly just other theorists saying that, oh, maybe it's two in tandem, you know. And, but that leads to the second question, which is why? 
Because here's the thing. You guys know uh, we talked about the Killer Bigfoot in the past. Um, did we talk about Killer Bigfoot or was that only Patreon? No, it's fine. You can talk about it. Okay. And, and you guys, and, you know, I wrote that article, you know, for, you know, uh, the Paracon magazine or whatever. Um, I am definitely skeptical about the Harry and the Hendersons philosophy of Bigfoot. These are large animals, right. even, even if they don't have cruel streaks, but if they have any bit of primate intellect, then they do have cruel streaks. Well, well yeah. chimps are mean as fuck Yeah, you to have to other. look at it more like a primate Absolutely. chimp than a human. And and so it has the natural strength and barbarism of, say, a wild, powerful animal combined with, if not just the intellect of a chimpanzee, maybe something somewhere between humans and chimpanzees, maybe in excess of humans. Who knows? Maybe they're so smart that they're like, fuck all y'all, that's why you never find us. Who knows? But, but I'm saying if they're if they have the strength and ferocity of wild animals with just even the rudimentary intellect of a proto-human, then this makes it a very fucking dangerous animal, hands down. But that having been said... This could have been a hunting expedition. It could have been, but it wasn't. Mm. Because as much as I mm. am not in favor of the friendly Sasquatch, that fucking creature could have ripped that boy in half. It just knocked him off his feet, left him with a couple of bruised yeah, that, ribs that's or whatever. A, that's a little... That's weird. They don't actually do anything. Yeah, I like, know. They could have killed the dad. Now, maybe they, they smell gunpowder. I've always been of the uh, mindset that they can smell gunpowder or just the things that are the accoutrement of human firearms, and they're like, fuck this. This shit hurts. Maybe. Eat it. Or if they smell humans. Or if they smell humans, yeah. and humans carry the scent of danger, which was a Billy Idol song, I think, 82. All right. The scent awesome. of danger. Good maybe. year. But humans in parentheses. But, th- but maybe not. <laughs> but I believe that they can. Okay. And so what I'm curious about is why they really weren't trying to hurt. Like, the, like, assuming it's just one and not two, what was the desperate effort of the cow man or woman, and that's something we have to entertain, to try to communicate with the kid? He's making happy bird noises. It's talking out the window. So, it didn't try to abduct the kid when he was alone in his room that right. night when it could have. So, but it did, didn't have a shotgun it, it that did night. eventually break the window and lunge at him. Yeah. Well, it broke the window and, and lunged at him, yes. So so another theory, I guess, is, is is it a lonely mother Sasquatch that has just decided it's going to adopt this kid and doesn't give fucks about the bureaucratic protocols of adoption in the United States? <laughs> okay, so... All right, well, that's uh, a stretch. But, all right, but no, all right, but no, no okay, let, right. let Chris My go. My problem with this is... It's not even a problem, but the first part of the story... To me, to me, this reads like you're reading the Old Testament and the New Testament. Like, you read this first part, and there's a very good argument where you can be, it almost could be an unidentified alien big cat. It really could be. It's barely a quadruped. I mean, this thing, oh, you're saying it's because on, it was fours, on all fours, it's right. fast, it leaps. That is just not a fucking Sasquatch at all. Generally. Generally, yes. But it's From still, tails. It's still eight feet tall. Able to walk on two legs and look able like to kind of the classic wild man. Now, I can't, I'm not gonna, I'm, I'm not just, gonna I'm pretend. just saying there's an argument there. I'm there's there's an, argument. an argument there. Yeah, I totally. will not pretend to be an expert on fucking Sasquatch lo- locomotion. No, n- n- dude, <laughs> no, no, none of us are. Yeah, I, 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 I was hoping prob- Chris was gonna say that he was. I, as far as I know, people have seen a quadrupedal <clears throat> running, or at least when you go up a hill, Jesus hands Christ. and feet. I mean, it makes sense. But, um, but you're right that it seems fairly unique. Like you don't hear about that a lot. No, generally a Sasquatch does not just get on a quadruped to book. 
They are they are bipeds. I agree. So is this something else? So th- are we that's, not dealing with that, a traditional yeah, that's, Sasquatch? Well, that's a weird. Well, that's the question of the first part, but then the second part just adds way more questions and adds way more weird twists you know, about this thing. Now it starts talking, and now it's making noises. Well, it's talking in a way that it's talking. The, the kid thinks it's talking to right. it, is what, what right. I'm saying. But it could be like literally so the now, equivalent of two toddlers babbling at each other, not really communicating anything effectively. Sure, I'm saying from, from the kid, right, right. it seems like it, it's it's trying to talk. Mm-hmm. And and there's a, there's a lot more in that second act that's true. You know, also then too, there's it, in that first, it could have a characteristics of like some of those like large, those enormous dogs that people see that are just ridiculous size. Like it's a dog on all fours and it's eight feet tall. Yeah, but yeah. it's not a dog that's on all fours and stands up on two legs and jumps a fence and doesn't look like a fucking dog. Aren't there reports of those things ca- popping up on their hind quarters? Oh, you're talking about dog men. Yeah, like well, like well, Bray yeah. Road shit. <laughs> like, I'm sorry. Like, I, when you said dogs, dogs not dog man, that's a whole other. Yeah, phenomenon. No, I know. I'm, I'm thinking of like dog man, devil monkey, something where it does have the locomotion, right, but then it also let's, pops up. Let's agree. I know. I mean, I'm not saying let's not agree because you guys can think whatever you want. Yeah, I don't yeah, believe no, that this okay. is a dog man scenario. All right, so we're, we're I, I just going to stick with it's stick with the squash. But right. I will entertain. No, no, I didn't say that either. I will entertain the notion that maybe this is, you know. The, an exceedingly tall version of a devil monkey. Devil monkeys do use quadrupedal locomotion a lot. They do. They're much more aggressive, traditionally speaking, as much as I think Sasquatch are secretly pretty fucking dangerous. But they almost every report of a devil monkey surrounds an attack. We but had, they are small. We had a report just like a, a year ago, remember, with the woman saying that they were like stalking her kid when she like, was like walking home. Absolutely. So, all right, but whatever the creature may be aside... Um, whether it's going to be a Sasquatch, a devil monkey, a big cat, or... But this would be far you know, bigger. Or it's not a big fucking cat. I mean, Jesus Christ. Right. If it was a goddamn puma, John would know, I would think. Well, yeah. No. Yeah. Okay. That was only from the first accounting of yeah, this, is right. what I was but saying. saying that the you second can make, part, You can yeah. make a very good argument for it. You this, can make a great argument... The second part is... That it could be an alien big cat, crazy. a wild dog man, a, a black dog scenario, which is, I guess, more occult. If all we got were those fleeting glimpses in the fern, in the, right. in the dark shadow shrouded forest. But as soon as it pops out of the forest and makes that big run across the wide open field towards mm-hmm. JJ, that's a whole different breed of cat. Because this is full on sunlight, even though it's dwindling sunlight, but still sunlight oh. eyewitness. And you're going to know when this thing, well, first off, it's charging on two feet. Right. Now, maybe if it had tiny ears and a small snout, you wouldn't know the difference between an eight-foot dogman and an eight-foot Sasquatch, but you're definitely going to know it's not a big fucking cat or a normal canine. So let's also, look at, the, let's also <laughs> look at the kind of what the insurance adjuster, adjuster brought up here is that, you know, that he's trying to say that John got violently drunk and just completely trashed the house, which throws off the entire story. Well, bear in mind, an insurance adjuster is there that's to what, make sure the insurance company doesn't pay out. That's what, yeah, I was going to say that's what he's there to do. Yeah, he's not, he's not so, there to... To objectively uh, assess the situation. He was given a gift. Right. When, when, when it became known that it was something, you know, out of the ordinary, then he could just be like, of course he's a drunk. Only drunks see Bigfoot. Right. Ergo, he must have been a drunken rage. And he's not. He trashed his home. You know, what, obviously the standard protocol here is he didn't make any money off of this. That wasn't like a showboat type experience. Never dude, tried dude to write a book. Never house. did an interview. Yeah, he dude left his yeah. house and was like, I'm fucking out. So that definitely lends some credence to the story. It does. Whether or not what it was that actually attacked them, something completely different. But 
Though I will say the comparison I made to the Lutz family is probably a little damning in the sense that I do think the Lutz family, even though I've heard testimony from the kids, they say some really shady shit happened. I think it's a combination of some shady shit happening and parents really trying to monetize it. Yeah. But this family did not go for the best-selling book. No, they left. I mean, listen, a good author could have turned this, you know, three-day ordeal... Yeah, totally. ...into easily... I mean, Sasquatch was on everyone's mind in the fucking 70s and the 60s. No, it's yeah. already... Well, less so in the 60s, It's already played out like a fucking movie. Exactly. So, exactly. If, if the whole point of this was to make some shit up to fucking commercialize it, and, and, and then this was a story... If this was one of the most famous Bigfoot stories ever, then I think we'd all be much more skeptical. Boy, this really plays cinematically, this and that. Right. But because this is something that just fell completely through the cracks, this guy continued to work for the Baker Mill in Aberdeen or yeah. whatever for another 20 years after it happened. Still paying the mortgage in the house that's destroyed. They shouldn't be paid off. Dealing with it. You're going to roll that shit in the next house. And they're like, fuck it. No. Yeah. And they have to borrow money from the boss to, to furnish to the new house. To get the whole new house, yeah. So, right. I mean, yes, there are definitely elements. You could even say that Shannon D. Baker, the son of the mill owner that was the one that finally broadcast this openly, even though he, you know, oh, this changed is a, the name. This is like him trying to make some fucking money some off shit of up. It. And yeah. you can't deny it. I mean, yeah. I don't have money, but it could be just like... Oh, I've got a tale to tell. Local legend, local tale. You know, yeah. whatever. But it still smacks up to me like it was this tantalizing tale he heard about when he was a kid. And uh, and no one would ever come clean. And then finally he's talking to his dad. He's like, Dad, what the hell? And then, you know, old man Baker delivers the story. Right. Yeah, and, he, and he shares it. So, you know, acknowledging that it could be all fake. But, but let's presuppose that this really is a chronicling of a harrowing event that that for some reason just never got publicized because the family wanted nothing to do with right, this. Right, right. I'm also what trying to... What the fuck are we dealing with? I mean, I'm trying to think, too, like, all right, what besides an unknown fucking creature could this be? I mean, obviously you could point to a well, bear, but it's kind of hard to... Because bears can move pretty fucking fast. Yeah, but bears... Yeah, but I feel, like, I feel like there's a vendetta... <laughs> Well, that's I was going to say. I don't, I don't like don't th- bear. I don't think like that. Just yeah, I don't think that like revenge is a part of a bear's makeup, really. That. So like, it's probably well, not going to work. Let's not forget that the mom unfortunately didn't have a name, so it was so difficult to write her character throughout this. Like son of a bitch, would you just tell me her name is Kelly or something? Son, so right, yeah, right. Yeah, what, but regardless of my picadillos, uh, she got a full-on facial view mm-hmm. through her bedroom window. Right. And now the glowing red eyes is a is a little bit of a fucking. Yeah, it's yeah. a it's a fuck all because it's almost demonic. It wasn't. Just, it wasn't well, it wasn't there before, and then it was. Well, he saw the glowing red eyes in the woods in the first part of the story. Yeah, he did yeah. when when it, when all he saw was the snarl and the big blocky teeth and the red eyes. But that could have been like some eye shine, some dusky glow yeah, coming through this... the branches. Who the fuck knows? And you also too know how I feel about the spiritual Bigfoot passing right. through the boundaries of reality. I know how you Same. feel about. You know that. how I feel that. You you know how I feel about that. Yeah. Less enthusiastic. <laughs> let's, Just bring it, it up. Glowing so, red eyes, so, yeah, possible we demonic. Right, so we can't take a cult off the table, but I'm more interested in its agenda. Nah. Because, no, it's again, weird. it didn't hurt the kid. I mean, it hit him, and he flew 10 feet, and right. he, he got banged up, but he didn't hurt him. Right. He reached through because the mom was coming, and maybe he felt like this woman who smelled of gunpowder and the evil of humanity was going to hurt this child and, and and this Sasquatch-like creature was going to save him from the... Who knows what the agenda was? Yeah, because the know. first night, there was no... If, if all of a sudden, 
uh, John and his wife had heard a smashing of glass and their son was missing, right. this would make it an entirely different horrible story. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. completely different. Children taken But no, that's not what film. happened. No. But it's not what happened. All right, so you're going on, you're going to go, well, I'm intrigued with theories. the idea that this is maybe a female Sasquatch that either lost its young, and it's something that was proposed by also uh, Shannon Baker wrote the story, the idea that maybe it's somebody trying to, or something, right. uh, that just formed a bond. I don't know if it's all that. I'm not even necessarily going to go so far as to say I think it's it's feminine. It lacked the obvious Patterson Gimlin breast, at least in terms of the eyewitness description. The old Patterson Gimlin breast. You know, the classic. Yeah. But fucking, uh, but that had been said, it clearly formed a bond with Tim. And Tim was not scared. It didn't do scary things to him. Now, granted, you're you're four, and you know, you, it's I. I mean, I would. I think I would have been terrified of something like this. But apparently, Probably. if it just makes bird noises and funny yeah, faces, or and just you're having trying a good to old lure time, him, you know, or, or it's trying to lure him. It's really trying to be like, oh, you know what? No, I'm your friend. Chirp, 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 chirp. Come outside. Come Tootsie outside. rolls. Chirp, chirp, chirp. I got now video games that don't. aren't invented yet. Come outside. Oh my God! No, <laughs> Metroid Two. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Tim, guess what? I'm going to eat your fucking face. Ah! And then there you go. Tim's fucking well, meat. He's not going to listen. Tim's yeah. dunzo. He's not going to listen to that. No. no, he's not. You can't say that. Right, but I, do, I do like that oh. idea that this thing is trying to form. I, I want to think that we can form bonds with animals all the time. No, I you recently don't. had plenty of interactions with... All right, look, I'm going to come clean real quick here. Uh, yeah, see? See? I'm, I'm, I'm like, no, you I'm didn't. I'm going to come clean, all right? I, no, you I'm didn't. currently uh, getting the rabies vaccination because I was helping these poor kittens I found, and I may have gotten one got too playful with me, put its fang into my finger. Not its fault. My fault for playing with the kitten. Wow. Yeah. But, all right? you, but you have to get it because. Yeah, exactly. And, yeah. and, I'm, and I'm fine. The kitten's fine. Everyone's fine. You're fine. I'm fine. I actually named the cat rabies. Of course you did. Yeah, of course. Perfect. Because you have to. You kind of have to adopt it now. Yeah. So anyway, I'm just saying that like I want to believe that maybe that is a thing where we can form these bonds, you know, with these, you know, with nature, but we're dealing with fucking Animals. We're dealing with animals. So dangerous know, animals whose agendas are unknown. Rabies if it's vaccines a highly, aside. Yes. Just saying. A highly intelligent, yet still wild animal that makes it all the more potentially dangerous. But it doesn't mean it necessarily has nefarious intentions. But even if it doesn't have nefarious intentions, yeah. it still might have intentions that run completely contrary to what John and his family want, which right. is like I'm going to take Tim and raise it on berries and and love it. And and maybe that's a great intention on the part of the Sasquatch, but as far as John's mom who's saying they try to take my baby yeah. and dad and big brother, that's a fucking horror show. Yeah. All right. So so All right. I'm not you know, I'm I'm usually not on the side of the Sasquatch in terms of I don't like it's almost because the cliche of the gentle giant has rubbed me so wrong for so long. But in this case, I think maybe it's not evil. It didn't kill JJ. It could have fucking Wrecked. Well, I feel like it could have killed almost anybody Anyone at, at any time. Yeah, that's yeah. what I'm saying. What's interesting, too, is that they leave the house, then it ransacks the house. So it must have that's known weird. that they're gone. A lot of it's weird. And then it's just like, <laughs> fuck you. Well, what's it's interesting about that is like, like, if yeah. it really <laughs> loves Chip, <laughs> yeah, what, the, what the hell? And it wants the boy, wants the boy for himself, wants to raise the boy at one with the woods, like Remus and Romulus, but it's just Tim and Squatch, and fucking, and it's gone. <laughs> and they're like, you stole my Tim. And then I don't know how to open your goddamn door, so if they're shut, that's fine. That's every how you I stop a squash. You huck a 200-fucking-pound TV, you flip yeah. the couch, yeah. you fucking ransack the fridge, you piss everywhere. Yeah. It's, like I say, it's a DNA fucking <laughs> Shit in the dish. bread box. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> for those of you who have a fucking bread box. Yeah. I have a bread drawer. I, had, I, I have no bread for box. For over 50 years now, box. we should have had evidence that Bigfoot exists, but because these because, fuckers did not preserve. Yeah, because yeah. of the story, we should have like, like like we should have a giant Bigfoot shit museum. Of oh just my like, God. Here's all of the Bigfoot shit we and found. Here's where John and his family had their ordeal. It's like a big fucking museum all ensconced off. For some reason, yeah, I'm, assu- no. I'm assuming that Bigfoot shits like every 15 minutes. Just, Why? Be, no, that's know, you. It maybe eats a lot. <laughs> no, <laughs> you shit every 15 minutes. That's, <laughs> maybe it eats a lot. You know? I feel like Actually, it doesn't. Because of my new work schedule, it's just body I'm checks shitting kids. more often. Doesn't yeah, eat them. It normal. It pro- it, they're probably vegetarians, and they just feel like body checking. I think they're humanoids. probably omnivorous. <laughs> Wow. Because I think it's definitely, you know, shellfish and fish fish. If, if it has, oh, yeah, sure. If it has square teeth. And maybe chipmunks and if, shit. Who knows? I mean, if it has... Well, yeah, no, because they said that it had square teeth. But then again, uh, forward-facing eyes. If it's got fangs, though. And, oh. and, and I, you know, maybe... I, Just maybe incisors? Incisors, incisors, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. If it's built like us enough to like look enough like us that people are always like, oh, he looked like a man, but hairy. It's probably got carnivorous aptitudes. I think that's Maybe. just a gimme. Yeah, right, I'm going to say it was trying to eat Tim. Rob, are you going to go with that it's trying to be its buddy? I think, Tim's I, buddy? Think it, I think it, it took a liking to the kid for whatever reason. No, right. Maybe it had a missing child itself. Maybe. Who knows why? Maybe because Tim was the one creature that wasn't afraid of it, and they were going to you know, have like an anime special about how the epic Sasquatch is little what boy. That's what it, okay. Go right. off in the woods, and he, right. he becomes a samurai I, I, as he gets I, older. I like it. I think it's a great angle. It's very optimistic of you. It's a very positive angle. Yeah, I don't think it was going to try to kill Tim, okay. but I think as soon as it took Tim into the wild... A four-year-old is not equipped to live the life of a Sasquatch. Oh, you know, that, he would have been dead before he was fucking Tim's five. Tim's going to die of rabies, totally. Yeah. Oh, or yeah. so, dysentery, the, or yeah. who the fuck Mowgli knows. ever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Chris, what do Bone you think? Mowgli. I don't know. It's probably in between somewhere. I don't know. I don't know. That's right, bitch. <laughs> That's right, bitch. <laughs> I don't know. Why, why the fuck am I here? And that was the classic <laughs> phrase. Why am I even? For all of you who had I don't know on your bingo card, drink up. Boom. That's right. You right. just won all the bingo. There you go. No, really, I don't know. I, I'm no, not, but, but I don't. I don't know if it had an agenda or not. I feel like it literally could have just wiped out people whenever it fucking wanted to, right. and it didn't. I don't know fucking why. Yeah, we, what we don't know is that it could have killed the last three families that live there. It's the '60s. It's the wilds of fucking Copalis Beach. It's forests and nothing. It could have just killed the the lonely guy that the divorcee it that moved have. there and someone else and then finally but, moves in and there's a kid and he's having fun with it like oh it's like a new toy and so before it gets to kill the family it's amused enough that they can escape by the skin of their teeth and and live another day i know but why not just look why not just kill the fucking parents take the kid they he had the perfect opportunity to kill the dad and take the kid right there ah but dad was always armed and that goes back to my yes, idea that they can smell that toward shit. the kid in that first, in the first one, instead of hitting like the he kid, he, I he feel like he grabbed, could have got him. If, if they're gonna grab like the right pigs, up. he could have grabbed the kid. True, no problem. And if he grabbed the jetted. kid and and ran like, with him back to the woods, like apparently he did the pigs, then the family wouldn't. Well, like Greg T. Nelson, he might have sent the other kids away, um, and uh, and he would have like got a, I guess a paranormal specialty team and some volunteer firemen to come help him search the woods. Yeah, it would have been the a deal. different fucking deal, but. Yeah. Right. But maybe it was biding its time. Maybe it thought if I can get all the family in the house at once, it's a massacre. So I'm not going to kill the kid now, 
and save it for later. They're going to think, oh, I hit the kid, but it's not so bad. They're going to stay <laughs> long <laughs> enough so I can kill. So now I'm, I'm actually on a whole different theory. It's yeah, no, the you fucking, are. it is the it Richard are. Ramirez yeah. of Sasquatch. And he's just waiting for the oh, perfect time. Man. And the bloodiest oh. way to do it. Yeah, no, he just fucked up. Because he wanted though. the dad to see his dead family before he killed man, the dad so, so he could relish okay, his this pain. Isn't saw. Yeah, our, so this is, this, this is like a bad blood predator. Is bad Squatch. Yeah. Oh, bad this, Squatch. Nice. All right, cool. Well, there you have it. That is our part two of the Copalis Cowman. Yep. Thank you all so very much for joining us. As always, check us out on the social medias, the Instas, the Twitters, the Facebooks. We have a Facebook fan group. We are loving the Area 51 memes. <laughs> I know the whole like uh, Age Yourself app has taken over the internet. But, I, but you know what? I say fuck that, even though I did do it, and I looked terrible as an old oh, man. Dude, but I'm I didn't see it. Oh, it's, it's gross. Oh, you didn't do it on Facebook, probably. So Yeah, fuck Facebook. But anyway, uh, let's keep the Area 51 memes going. Let's fucking make this happen. We got a lot of requests that people want to see some t-shirts for Weird Stock. <laughs> got a couple requests fucking for that. Weird, so that might be a possibility. Stuff. Fucking weird. We'll stuff. I hope it's a real thing. Be sure to Honestly, check out. Uh, okay. Be sure to check out our Facebook fan group again. Awesome memes going on there. A lot of talking, a lot of fun, a lot of discussion. Good times. Uh, yeah, Twitter uh, T Public. You can get some T-shirts there. We have monthly sales from thirty to thirty-five percent off. So be sure to check that out in the socials. Patreon, Patreon.com/slash Kryptonaut Podcast. $1 gets you a shout-out, $5 gets you a shout-out, and some bonus audio. Multiple audios yeah, per so month. Check all that out, and uh, I believe that's it. So thank you all very much, and we'll be talking to you soon. Bye. I know I'm here, but bye. Oh, my God. <laughs> Jesus, I shouldn't even have read that. I don't know what the fuck oh, I'm here. Oh, my God. He's in a useless hole now. I'm useless. <laughs> Why are you in a hole about this? You can't be Would you please bring Chris out of the Nietzschean abyss? He's not in the Nietzschean abyss. I'm in the Marxist <laughs> no, abyss. No, I touched him once, and he got all weird that I was wet. Well, well you, you had wet. your wet No, it was under the frottage. table, creepazoidal. Oh, I wasn't touching you on the table You're like a fucking wet. octopus. I know, because I'm fucking sweaty I'm just hanging out, and I feel tentacles. I'm like, what are you doing? And yet... I'm too ugly to be fondled. I'm moving my leg because my legs are sweating. That I'm trying to get my underwear sense. out of my ass moving crack. Moving your legs okay? makes that's work. I'm trying to move my underwear without yeah. moving my underwear. Yeah, nobody cools <laughs> down through I'm vigorous action. Psychically, he just, move he's my not underwear. understanding. <laughs> it's not going to work, dude. How do I cool down? I know calisthenics. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be talking to you. Oh, fucking Mark. Oh, fear the squatch. <laughs>